1: Welcome to Lacrosse and Sport, the show for the fastest game on two feet. Brought to you by Vieira Lacrosse and Sport,
0: Central Florida's premier center for the finest lacrosse equipment, apparel, and training. Now, here are your hosts, Roger Welton and Steve Jordan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Lacrosse & Sport, the podcast for the fastest game on two feet. We have a really cool topic for you tonight, the case for the multi-sport athlete. I'd like to welcome my colleague and co-host, Steve Jordan. How are you tonight, Steve?
1: I'm awesome, Raj. How are you, bud?
0: I'm doing great, man. I'm really excited about this particular topic because not only do you and I come from a multi-sport background, but in this day and age, we are seeing more than ever developing athletes being pressured into playing one sport and focusing on one sport year-round. Are you noticing that phenomenon as well?
1: Absolutely. I've been seeing it for uh, probably about a decade or more.
0: Yeah. It is a more modern phenomenon. It? We didn't see it as much when we were growing up, but it seems like it's getting worse. And I'll tell you what, lacrosse is not innocent in this. Lacrosse, perhaps not in my locality because it's not the way I'm Leading my club, I am the president of the youth lacrosse club here. But I'm, you know, it's happening elsewhere. Where there's there's these very strongly lacrosse-minded coaches and parents that are really just pushing their kids to do nothing but that. And I think it's I'm just going to say very clearly here, it's just as wrong for lacrosse as it is for any other sport. And we're going to elaborate on that. But would you agree with that?
1: Absolutely, Roger, And you know, I think that variety is the spice of life, uh, and in sport, you know, I think that having the opportunity to experience different sports at different levels, different ages gives the the end user, the child, the adolescent, the athlete, an opportunity to choose what he or she wants to do and excel in that. And when they have that choice in anything in life, when you have a choice, aren't you more likely to want to do it when you don't have a choice, when it's something that maybe it's enforced upon you? It's something that you may begrudge or uh, just – Maybe not feel too positive about. Would you agree with that? Definitely.
0: And I, I, I have to look no further than my own wife. If I suggest something to her, even though <laughs> she may know that it's something she wants to do, she may know that it's something that's good for her. If it's not her own idea and it's my idea first and I appear pushy in any way, shape, or form, she's going to resist it. It's got to be her idea. And when it's her idea, then she's going to embrace it. And that's just human nature. We love freedom. We love to be free. It's part of the American dream is being free. And that should be no different from your athletic experience. And the athletic experience is something that's very unique to a child because your childhood is really for the vast majority of people going to be the main time when you can play competitive sports. So Steve, let's focus. Let's start with your wheelhouse here because from the physical aspect of it, there's clearly benefits to doing multiple sports. So let's start with that.
1: You know, Raj, I I think that, you know, sum it up quickly is multi-sports creates an opportunity for an individual to cross-train. Now, we all know what cross-training is. Cross-training your body uh, for fitness or wellness is an opportunity to give it a different stimuli, right? We all get used to an exercise program. Uh, Variety is going to give you the opportunity to adapt and change and, and and transform in different ways well there's no different sport your body's under different demands all the time when you're doing different types of sports and to give you an example of that you know there's different types of thinking involved in different sports you know i came from a background growing up where i was playing and and i don't really know what happens you know whether it was you know maybe it was you and or Jamie, that started playing soccer, and my parents were like, All right, let's you know, have you start playing soccer? And I started playing soccer, and I did well, and I ended up on traveling teams. And then I started playing baseball, and I did well, and you know, excelled through there. And then I started playing basketball, and I didn't really love basketball too much, but I played it. And then as I got older, more like I guess it was fifth grade, I decided I wanted to play football, and I started to play pop warner football, and I didn't stop, I played all the way through uh to college. I was captain of my football team and, you know, I loved it. And I look back and I look at the game of football as a game of chess like thinking. I would have had an opportunity to work with eleven other players on a particular play to execute it and to progress slowly. Raj, think about the progression of a game of football. A first down is only ten yards. That's not very far. But if you have a first down, there's a lot of cheering going on. There's a lot of you know, excitement on the team that gets that, even if you only gain three yards. You know, what I think that does is it starts to mold the mind and the conscience of being able to see goals as short term to obviously a long term goal. In this case of football, it's a a touchdown. And I I think that you get the opportunity to think differently when you're playing different sports and now take the game of lacrosse. It's a much faster sport where you don't have a whole lot of time to think because there's no downtime. A lot of you know? there's
0: a lot of running yeah. run and gun, unsettled situations. And there's a lot more scoring. Let's face it, there's a lot of scoring in
1: lacrosse. Usually. Abs- absolutely, totally. And Especially you know, where the rules are evolving,
0: you know, with the, uh, the shot clock and all that. That's going to make its way into college. I, I will bet you it's going to make its way into high school. The the 10-second rule to clear the ball, they made the game faster. And because it's faster, there's more unsettled situations. Because of more unsettled situations, there's more scoring. So it is it is a completely different mindset. You're absolutely right. Now let's compare and contrast to soccer. You were just going to talk about that?
1: Yeah, you know, soccer is a, is another sport I and mean, the same thing. You know, the transitions in soccer are so quick as well. You know, think of today in the world that we are dealing with. You know, we deal in a world where sometimes playing a, playing with uh, an idea where you have to think through logically something, an outcome, maybe on a, a shorter time period – like lacrosse, like soccer where there's quick transitions where you got to be quick on your toes or when you might have to really think through something like the game of football. You know, these developmental processes are not just on a physical level but on a, a psychological level too for your mind and body connection and your hand-eye coordination, you know, to be honest. I mean, your hand-eye coordination in lacrosse is much more acute than and in tennis, then you would maybe in football or another sport like soccer, you really, you know, playing with your feet. But there's much different coordination in your hand-eye and or foot.
0: It's all very different. And there's also, you know, I just thought of this. You, you know, you talked about the slower pace of football in terms of you know play by play, chunks of yardage at a time, one battle at a time, getting that first down. Of course, we talked about the run and gun lacrosse, far more scoring. Lot more unsettled situation. Now you know what I think football or soccer is. I look at soccer and I think soccer really is sort of a, a, a medium between the two because, there, you, like you said, there's a lot of transition. The ball is constantly changing from the offensive to defensive half of the so, uh, of the field, but there's not a lot of scoring. <laughs> right. You know, so because the field is so big. It's so big. Well, so, lacrosse field is big too. It's just harder to score with a soccer ball with just your feet. You know, even with that great big goal, it's, it's hard to aim a kick. <laughs> you know, it just is. So it's a totally different mindset, like you said, but it's different physical attributes, and it's, it's fantastic. How about this one? Basketball. Yeah. Now, I wasn't particularly good at basketball either. <laughs> now, but I do think it's a fantastic game. I love to watch it. I find it fascinating. But here's what really fasc- fascinates me about basketball. It is just like lacrosse, logistically. Think about the way you play defense. You are you are focusing on your man, but when your man does not have the ball, you have to watch where the ball is because, like in lacrosse, your man gets beat. You either have to be that primary or secondary slide, or you can jump into his own defense just like you would in lacrosse. If you look at the offense, there's a lot of pick and roll, a lot of picks on and off the ball, and also rapid ball movement, give and go. When my college lacrosse team, when we played like crap... <laughs> My coach would actually make us go to watch the Montclair State basketball team play, and that's something he would actually say. Great. You guys were so god awful tonight. Go to the basketball game tonight. It's your homework, and go watch and see how a lacrosse offense is supposed to be run. Comments on? that? I think
1: it's great. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's fantastic. You know, and there's another case in point why you know multi-sport are important for the development of of an athlete you know we're constantly learning from other sports i mean it's in our nature to you know watch something that's going to bring attention to maybe whatever you're doing in your own sport you're going to find that in any area and when you can do that on a physical level cross training is today one of the only one of the only programs that has stood the test of time It's the only program model in which has stood the test of time. It's been around, you know, for as long as I can recall, and I've been in my career now for 20 years, cross-training is still today considered one of the best ways of training for adaptation, for change, and to prevent other types of injuries and to increase overall performance. And, you know, look at CrossFit. CrossFit is just another term, another marketing tool to be able to promote cross-training. Hit training, high-intensity training, same thing. You're doing high-intensity interval training where it's doing multi-different types of exercises and movements at a quick pace, at a fast pace. But there's also rest periods in there as well. Tabata is another one. So, I mean, there's coming up with a bunch of different names, yeah. but really what it all boils down to is cross-training.
0: Also, from a physical perspective, you know, I'd like you to comment on this. Aren't there common themes that are true for every sport? They're, like when i say common themes common skills so for so a great example is our our lacrosse program here started it in 2009 not that long ago and here we are we have 200 kids and the reason we've been able to explode the way we have is we uh, we got a lot of influence from football because at first the dads were like well you know baseball and i don't want to knock on baseball because you know Baseball is a wonderful game. I played it. I loved it. I had to choose between lacrosse and baseball. I chose lacrosse, but no no, no disparage to baseball players out there, anybody who cares about baseball. Great sport. Very hard sport. Very, very hard sport. Hitting a round ball with a round bat. Very hard.
1: One um, of the hardest things to do in yeah. USA Today, created. they did a story on the top 10 hardest things to do in sports, and I believe it was number two. Was hitting a 95 mile an hour fastball. Oh,
0: of course. How about how about and then and then and then you got a pitcher that can throw a 95 mile an hour fastball, then change it up with a 82 mile an hour changeup. Yet his arm is moving at the same speed. I right. mean, it's ridiculous what these guys can do. And case in point, a great hitter hits 300 or better for his career. You know, yeah. I mean, that's a that means he only gets to hit a third of the time. Talk so, about failing. Right. Yeah. And learning from him. <laughs> it. It's a, it's a game of failure, really, if you yeah. think about it, that you talk about having character to play baseball. You got to have character. You have to be able to to fail often. <laughs> right. And pick um, yourself
1: back up quickly. And pick yourself
0: back up. Exactly. and Be ready to hit a home run the next time. But anyway, so, again, no, no knock on baseball obviously we have great respect for the game but a lot of these football dads and the players you know just didn't feel that baseball was their taste it's too sedentary for them it's too stop and go too much too much time in the outfield swatting at butterflies especially in the younger in the younger age division so a lot of the dads the football dads saw lacrosse as great off-season football training but then they came to realize well this is an awesome game in and of itself so a lot of our coaches are also f- football coaches and actually primarily football guys that have taught you know had the willingness to learn to coach lacrosse. And when they had the willingness to to learn, what they realized was a lot of these concepts are the same. And a lot of the drills we do are the same. The speed ladder, for example, karaoke's. You know, a lot of the various things, being able to set your feet square, being able to swivel your hips, uh, being able to backpedal while keeping your eye on the ball, move as quickly as you can but don't overcommit. You know, sometimes when you're, let's say you're riding, you're, you're in the in the midst of a ride. Okay, so you're, you're, your your are offense just try to shoot. Goalie's got the ball. Now you're going to ride that. You're you're, you're going to ride that uh, that defense from clearing the ball. Well, don't you feel like a linebacker sometimes, kind of roving, you know, roving the midfield, looking for where that ball is going to go, trying to anticipate it. It's it, in a lot of ways, it's like playing linebacker or safety.
1: Absolutely, there's a lot of reaction time there. You know, you got to be able to react. You're anticipating but you're hoping that your anticipation is going to is going to happen at the right time where you can react in an instant you know when you see that ball released you know the trajectory of the way the stick is coming out and you know you can gauge where it's going to go and how far and how fast and you can predict on where you need to be i mean that's that's extraordinary you know to be able to do that that's that's awesome and that you can also do in football as a receiver you know i used to have to predict where that ball was going to be, you know, and it wasn't always going to be right in between my, you know, in my chest and between my numbers. Like I had to reach up for it. I had somebody on me. I had, it was deflected whatever it was, like I had to constantly adapt, adjust and change in an instant to be able to create a play.
0: And likewise in lacrosse, your goalie makes a save. You break out for a clear, you know, you're basically a wide receiver. Your goalie's a quarterback. (laughs) <laughs> you know, so so all these correlations, and what happens is, I think over time it rams hone the concepts, and that's why I see time and again, time and again, my best lacrosse players. Yeah, some of the year rounders are excellent players. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to knock on those kids. Some of them are great players, but consistently, the best players year in and year out are are kids that engage in other sports. So let's move on to the mental aspect of multi-sport. sport.
1: Yeah, you know, I think the, the second point here, Raj, is you are going to prevent emotional and psychological burnout. You know, burnout is something really typical in every area of your life. I mean, I know for myself, I, you know, today was a long day. I had an opportunity to work with uh, almost 15 clients, not almost, 15 clients today. And that's a lot of people. That's a lot of different types of people in working with psychology and I'm at the end of the day, you get a little burned out. Like it's not a bad thing. It's not that i weak. It's not that, you know, I don't love what I'm doing. It's just literally you get burned out and that happens everywhere. It happens in career life. It happens in sport as well. Yeah. If you're doing the same, playing the same sport over and over again, you get burned out. You lose the zest for wanting to play. You might even start to hate it or loathe it or find you're not inspired by it anymore. And I believe that playing different types of sports gives you an opportunity to take a break from it, still pursue something that's going to allow you to progress physically and, and psychologically and, and strategically give you that uh, athleticism, you know, that's built from the inside out. You know, I believe today the athletes aren't necessarily born anymore, Raj. You remember when we were growing up, it was always like, oh, he's a natural born athlete, you know? Yeah. Well, today I don't believe that's the case. I believe that athletes are made today, not born. You can have a God-given talent you know, that gives you an edge over somebody else, but if you want to excel, you've got to practice and you've got to play and you've got to you know, really discipline yourself and, and get out there and, and do it. You've got to do the things that not everybody else is going to do to go to that next level. Would you agree?
0: I agree. Unfortunately, everything you just said – And and I agree with everything you're saying, but some people take that message the wrong way and they'll say, well, then I got to focus all on one thing. If I'm going to take it to the next level, if there's so much competition out there, you know, I got to focus on just one thing. But actually, we're telling you the complete antithesis. The extra mile, part of going the extra mile is participating in multiple sports. It's part of what's going to develop you as an athlete. So, yeah, I agree with everything you're saying. Now, here's what I find interesting on the mental aspect, and I'd like you to comment on this as well, When uh, kind of mention how we do things here. So we offer fall lacrosse here. The benefit of fall lacrosse, it's 7 versus 7. It's a smaller field, more touches on the ball. Really, it's there as an introduction so that kids that feel maybe feel limit, a little intimidated on the 10 v 10, 110-yard field, Maybe the spring season, since it's the official season, they might feel a little intimidated to come out for the first time. Then come out to fall ball and know that it's going to be a little less a little less official. It's going to be all local. We do it all in county, so there's no traveling involved. It's there for that. We do it on Sundays, so those who play soccer or football can give lacrosse a try. But we also have it there for some kids, let's face it, that just want to play lacrosse. They want something to do. And, and they were, there was parents and players pining, pining to the club, to the board, Please can you, can we do something in the fall? We we don't want to have to travel to Orlando to do fall ball, but that's really the way it was until this year. We started fall ball. At any rate, a lot of our regular athletes actually didn't participate in fall ball, but still we had a pretty good turnout. But it it doesn't exist there because we're trying to push any of the kids into being year-round lacrosse athletes. What we're doing is offering an option. So that stated, here's my my observation of our first year of having fall ball. I look at my football kids, and, and especially my football kids, because we probably have more football players than we do soccer players, but I look at the football kids that are looking forward to the upcoming lacrosse season. They're itching for it. They're like jumping out of their shorts. They cannot wait. All they can think about is lacrosse. They're loitering in our store 20, you know, every minute that it's open, tweaking their sticks, you know, getting custom dye jobs, and they're just so excited, whereas my year-round lacrosse guys and girls... You know they've done spring ball, they did fall ball, they might have done lacrosse for a couple of years before that. Yes, they love lacrosse; they're looking forward to it. I just don't see the same—I don't see that same ants in their pants like like the football guys have.
1: Yeah, you know, it doesn't surprise me at all, Raj. You know, when I was playing football, it was so far apart from lacrosse that it didn't really bleed into the sport. You know, I didn't stop one sport and then have to go into the other where again, you can have a burnout playing multi-sports, especially when they're back-to-back in different seasons. You know, I wrestled also, uh, if you recall. And I remember when I knew that I was going to be a great lacrosse player, when I wanted to put more attention and focus on that, I decided I didn't want to wrestle anymore. And I was a good wrestler. And, you know, I remember my wrestling coach, you know, saying to me senior year, you know, Steve, it's too bad that you didn't stick with this. You would have been great at it, you know. And, I was – I just didn't want to do it anymore because I needed that time away from, you know, the the uh, the discipline of wrestling and then having to go right into lacrosse. It gave me a little bit more transition time, you know. So I chose two sports, you know, from my sophomore year to senior year to be able to play. And that was enough for me, you know. So I think if I had done even the wrestling, I might have had some psychological burnout and, you know, just just by playing sport, you know, like over and over again. So – you know I can, and I can remember being a lot more excited about wanting to play because there was a little bit of you know time in between, and we were practicing and playing a little bit, and I really got I was looking forward to that. So you know I remember you know that first day of practice like it was yesterday. You know that was that was something that I always really looked forward to when I had that time off in the in the winter season.
0: For you know I tried everything as well, and you know for for me the. Uh, I don't want to say the hardest decision I ever made in sports, but a, a difficult decision was picking lacrosse over baseball. By middle school, you had to make that choice. And, you know, I was, I was quite good at baseball. But, you know, I realized as time went on, you know, did soccer, did a year of football as well, my freshman year of high school. What happened was I just started to realize, okay, let's let's take stock and realize what, what you're good at. And I was good at lacrosse. I, you know, I, I, I didn't feel that I'd ever be an exceptional football player I think I started soccer too late in the game I I really enjoyed soccer very athletic sport started it too late in the game by the time I started that I didn't think that I could catch up to these guys in high school so I figured okay I'm gonna I'm gonna play lacrosse but on the other hand I don't want to be sedentary and just focus on one sport so you know what I chose to do I don't know if you remember I ran winter track Mm. We were really lucky we were really lucky at uh, our high school that we had this winter track option where I could be a mid level sprinter, and being a mid level sprinter actually was great training to be a midfielder because what are you doing as a midfielder you know the the average midfielder i don't know if you know the statistic in the course of a game runs seven miles Wow right? but that's seven miles at top speed, and of course yes, you get substitutions. You're getting in, you know, your, your coach does your best to keep you fresh. But you remember some of those mini runs when oh, yeah. your coach could not sub you. And especially on defense where you cannot let down or that team's going to score and you're just sucking wind. Well, what better to train you for that than having the opportunity to strength train and train as a sprinter? So that's what I did. 200 meter or 400 meter. Did it for all, all the four years that I was in high school. Yeah, realized, that's great. You know, now, <laughs> let's face it. We were, we were running track against Elizabeth <laughs> Newark, okay? Was I going to be a major competitive force in Union County, New Jersey? No. <laughs> but, yay, yeah, for, for, for Johnson Regional, yeah, I ran pretty well for our school. But, but really what it did for me was I worked my butt off. I had coaches coaching me to get stronger, to get faster, to build my endurance, to make me a better lacrosse player.
1: Yeah. And you stayed structured, you know, and, and you had just a, a different perspective on how to move your body, you know, and what it could do and what its limitations were and what its limitations were not. And you yeah. saw how to excel, how to push yourself. I mean, there's, you know, going back to the emotional and psychological burnout. Well, there's emotional and psychological benefit to it as well. You know, there's physical. I mean, you're able to compete. You're able to lose. You're able to find yourself pick, you know, picking yourself up from failure. All these opportunities in so many different ways from playing different types of sport are going to create a more well-rounded athlete. You know, there's a few several, uh, you know, athletes that stand out in my mind who are multi-sport athletes, Raj. And, you know, I think that you'll recognize many of these. You know, the first one that comes to my mind always is Bo Jackson. Oh, he, yeah. Bo knows. He, know, Bo Knows, right? He was synonymous. I mean, he's, I think every generation who's listening can identify with Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson was a supreme athlete, you know, both playing football and baseball. And he was sponsored, and uh, he had the Bo Knows uh, Nike um, sneakers and shirt, the whole logo people used to wear. And commercials. It was amazing. I mean, this guy was extraordinary. And he, you know, what one thing that stood out, for me, you know, with Bo Jackson's history, and I think it's very relevant today, is the he was bullied as a kid. He was not one of the most popular kids. He was not one of the most athletic. He was not one of the ones to be revered in his neighborhood or high school. He was picked on. And he used that. that yeah and he used that to his advantage to be able to excel. He was he wasn't, you know, the the star the, the kid who you would expect to come out being a uh, a multi-sport athlete and excelling in both baseball and football and playing professionally and breaking records. So, yeah, he's one that stands out in my mind. Do you have any comments about Bo Jackson that stand out in your mind?
0: Well, I mean, he's just iconic. Uh I remember watching him strike out one time and he was he was upset about it. And he actually snapped the baseball bat over his Yeah. Game.
1: Yeah. I'm like, yeah, like, Are you kidding me? Yeah, that you was one of I mean? the first times I saw that happening too.
0: Unbelievable! I don't think I've ever seen anybody do it since. I've seen people try and hurt themselves. <laughs> I've never right. Nobody actually do that. But you mentioned another one when we were, when we were preparing for the show that that I actually, of course, we all know who he is, Paul Rabel. Uh, you'd mentioned that he was quite the multi-sport athlete. Can you enlighten us about that?
1: He was. You know, he lettered in basketball, lacrosse, and track while he was in high school. So right there it shows you, you know, that even somebody as gifted and talented in the game of lacrosse as Paul Rabel, he was playing many sports and was able to, you know, find his niche. And, you know, some people don't find their niche until college. Some people don't find it early. You know, I'm I'm technically I'm a late bloomer in a lot of ways and you know, it's finding your finding yourself, finding your voice, finding your rhythm, if you will.
0: Mm-hmm. That's no, very interesting, and then of course there is, and it, it's amazing that there's so many people unaware of this. But um, you know, for those of us who are are kind of uh, interested in sports history, Jim Brown is considered by many one of the best football players of all time. All around, he had a short career because he decided to retire while he was on top. But he had a remarkable football career. But what gets lost in translation. Which is, which is interesting because he's very involved in uh, U.S. lacrosse, and he's, he, he actually will write columns sometimes. He's involved in telecasts of, of lacrosse games, but a lot, of, a lot of contemporaries don't realize Jim Brown to this day remains arguably the best lacrosse player to have ever played the game.
1: He's in the Hall of Fame, the Lacrosse Hall of Fame. So, so,
0: and of course, that's where he belongs. Arguably yeah. the best yeah. to ever play the game. That's incredible.
1: Yeah, it's awesome. And you know, here's another uh, individual. If you go on to Google and you type in list of multi-sport athletes, it'll give you every single sport and a list of all the athletes within that sport. Um, I didn't know this guy, but I'm giving him a shout out because he uh, went to my alma mater, University of Maryland. His name is Bob Fetters, and in 1946, he was an All-American team player in lacrosse at the University of Maryland, awarded the Schmeiser Award for defensive and he lettered in basketball as a center, and Maryland basketball is a great basketball team. We're actually ranked number, as of this week, I think we were 13, um, and he lettered in soccer as a goalie for the Terrapins and is the only person to record who has only been scored twice on in a season. There is nowhere in history, unequ- unequaled, that anybody's ever done that. He's only been scored on twice. And he was selected for the all-star softball team, pitching a shutout in the season's last game. And he didn't play. This, he did not play sports in high school. That's what's even more remarkable.
0: Even more remarkable, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, wow. That, so that's talk incredible. about a late bloomer. Uh, I got one for you. Um, San Antonio Spurs, Tim Duncan. Uh, and it just just reminded me when you mentioned that he didn't this gentleman didn't play in high school. Well, Tim Duncan did not play basketball his freshman and sophomore years of high school. Tim Duncan was actually a phenomenal swimmer. If you can, you know, believe that because you look yeah. at him he's he's a shoe in Hall of Famer. Here he is, what is he 38, 39 years old, still playing another season, he's won he, he's been in the finals how many times? He's won, I believe, three championships, the most recent being last year against LeBron James and the Miami Heat. And here he is coming back, st- still playing high-level basketball. This guy did not play basketball until his junior year of high school. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah and, that's you know, ra- and you know and you know, one of the reasons why he stopped swimming? He was actually an Olympic hopeful. He was born in the U.S. Virgin Islands. Right. And a hurricane, uh, I believe it was Hugo, he it took out like the swimming pool and the, 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 you know, defaced the uh, the the area in which he was practicing. So he had to choose another sport. He was actually an Olympic hopeful.
0: That's incredible. So instead yeah. of you know Michael Phelps out there, we could have seen Tim Duncan, right? <laughs> just, absolutely incredible. So you know, last thing I want to touch on before we break here is uh, let's talk about overuse injury for the non multisport athlete. So let's say, and again, back in your wheelhouse here. Let's say you choose you you choose not to participate in multiple sports, but you're doing one sport year round as a developing athlete. Does that leave you more pre, predisposed to injury from overuse?
1: Absolutely one hundred percent. There are plenty of statistics that show it, and again, the reason goes back to our first point cross training. you know, and uh, you know overuse injury is common when you rep use repetition time and time again, the same same movements, the same type of Uh, skill sets and it's going to create wear and tear on the nervous system and it's going to create wear and tear on the muscles, the ligaments and tendons, joints and eventually break the body down. You know, I always tell people it's not the first time, you know, that you bend a spoon that it breaks. It's the hundredth time that you do it. It finally breaks and bends and break, you know, comes apart. So it's the same thing with sport when you're doing the same thing over and over again, that could be track and field, that could be soccer, that could be baseball, whatever it is. You're going to be doing something similar over and over again. It will and can, you know, eventually break you down. Now, there are some individuals who are superhuman, who don't have, you know, the the same wear and tear. You know, I call these people like Mack trucks. You know, a Mack truck is, Mm -hmm. you know, just their their wear and tear is much greater than a sports car like a Ferrari. Um, You wouldn't. You would, you could drive a Ferrari across country, you know, but there's very likelihood that you're going to end up having a breakdown or two along the way. A Mack truck, you can drive it back and across, back and forth across the country 400 times over before anything goes wrong with it. They're mm-hmm. built like that. Some people are built to sustain, you know, injury, but most of us are not. So I definitely uh, prescribe individuals to, you know, create a multi sport Uh, opportunities so that they can prevent injuries. And if you are focusing on that one sport, you know, definitely cross train uh, using weight resistance uh, exercises that are going to oppose the movements in which you're doing it. You know, things work in an, an agonist and antagonist way. Like when I'm talking to you right now, you're listening. Same thing with your body. Make sure you talk to those muscles that aren't being used when you're playing your sport if you're focusing on just that one. it's very
0: good advice and really, really sound advice. I think really all of the aspects that we talked about with regard to the case for the multisport athlete should really be taken to heart. U.S. lacrosse went out of their way well before we opened the store, Steve, and also well before we even conceived of having this podcast. They did a four-page four page article on the case for the multisport athlete. And so I'm very happy at this point in time that we're not getting parental pressure to try to push these kids into year-round lacrosse. But if and when that day happens, and it's going to happen, we're going to get that pressure. But if and when it happens, we're going to... you know, All I'm going to do is I'm going to save... I'm going to save that particular article forever and always. It sits right on top of my dresser. (laughs) And and I'm never going to throw it away because anybody who starts to make us stink about wanting to push our club into trying to mandate year-round participation, I'm going to point to that article. And I'm going to say, listen, bad idea, read this. And I'll run off copies if I have to because, you know, the governing, cha- the governing national body of lacrosse thinks it's a bad idea. It's probably a bad idea. <laughs> Wouldn't you agree? I would agree.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, listen, there's a lot of people that sit on boards and have discussions and people who are professionals, you know, that – have taken the time to research this. They've taken the time to look at the, you know, anecdotal, anecdotal evidence over time to be able to come to a conclusion. They just didn't think of this out of thin air.
0: No, of course they didn't. The national governing body of lacrosse did not take that out of thin air. We, we take heed in what they say in other aspects and we should take heed now. My friend, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much for helping to enlighten and give your perspective from your, uh, you know, what it is that you do for a living. It's always a pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us tonight. Steve, any final words?
1: No, actually, uh, you know, I just am appreciative that everybody there is listening and contributing. We've had some really great feedback over the past several episodes, and uh, we're excited to hear more from you. So keep calling us and writing us and sending us emails. Uh, We enjoy listening to them and answering them for the next one.
0: Have a pleasant, pleasant rest of your day or evening, ladies and gentlemen. We'll come to you soon. Talk to you next time.
1: With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky.